Some said they couldn't do it. Even more said they probably shouldn't. But here they are, bringing you another episode of the Happy Zen Podcast. Welcome your hosts, Adam and Matt. Well, how long has it actually been? Like two months, three months tops? Can't be that long. What was it? February? God, I can't even. Oh, my God. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, it it was winter still. It was colder. It was winter. It wasn't a pandemic. And March break hadn't happened or tried to happen. So we were still allowed on campus. The students were all still smiling. That's right. Let's say it was February. It not. I think February because the posts it was released in March. Okay, so is it awesome when the guest knows more than us as usual? I just went and checked the (laughs) the post. That would make way more sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, it feels like it's been forever, and it really hasn't been. So, uh, yeah, welcome back. We have with us today uh, Sarah Wegg, the manager, I believe that was the title we settled on, of the Durham College Esports Arena. Is that correct? Yes, manager. So, obviously, things are different right now. Yeah, like, Uh, what's new with you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, how has your world changed? (laughs) Well, thankfully... Being in the esports industry, we were already very used to communicating through online platforms, using video conferencing to hold tournaments or chat rooms to communicate with players. So the transition for our team was fairly smoothly, and we've been running online daily tournaments for our community as well. We're very lucky that unlike traditional sports, we've been able to keep on keeping on just through online means. Really? So everything has stayed path forward that we discussed previously and some of the endeavors. I mean, obviously, other than, well, maybe I am wrong on this. Maybe live events are happening just in a different forum. Not for us. Our We've canceled all of our in-person events, including our summer camps. Okay. So we're waiting to see how that goes, depending on when everyone's able to return back, because we did have them running through July and August. So they're still kind of a fair bit away. Mm-hmm. which gives us a good idea whether or not things will be back to normal in September because that happens right after. So we're, fingers crossed, everything goes well there. But we have been able to do a lot of our events online to keep our community engaged. Yeah, because that was going to be my next question was specifically to your job, how has things changed? But it sounds like other than the physical location being closed off you've still managed to keep a lot of the events going has your schedule changed significantly because of this i've been trying to keep my usual hours as much as i would love to start earlier and end earlier just because the demographic that we serve is more of a later riser up later kind of um grouping so we still keep that especially since the online tournaments have been starting post dinner time usually around 6 p.m and my end time's normally about 7 p.m., so I can stay for about half of it just to make sure everyone's doing okay, check in on the students, see how study from home's going. They're set to graduate either. Some are graduating already, some are in the process of graduating. So it's been a very weird time because it affects more than just us in the arena. Oh, for sure. Um, I guess moving on to more of the professional side of things, how have you noticed with the uh, professional esports uh, adjusting to the pandemic and obviously not being able to have the events in arenas and, and that sort of thing? Are they uh, adjusting pretty well? I know there was some of the larger ones took a bit of a break there for a few weeks to get their footing, I think. 
Yeah, right off the bat, everyone was a little bit concerned on what next steps are going to be because obviously a lot of esports events are in-person events. Even the league settings where it would be in-person events, Team A versus Team B in Studio A with Broadcast Team A. So a lot of that has changed too. Outside of just the esports arena, a lot of live events obviously have been cancelled, but have switched and transitioned to participating in an online space. So if they were planning to do in-person panels or in-person professional development opportunities, they've been able to transition that to online video conferencing and being able to interact that way. I've even seen concerts take place where it's a singular person inside an arena on their own and they're broadcasting that to their fans. So people are certainly getting creative to see how they're pushing this content out to the people that now more than ever are looking for forms of entertainment. Do, uh, do you think there's going to be any lasting change? I mean, I think everyone in their place of work right now and even just even social life, I think, are asking a lot of questions like what's going to stay with some of the changes we've seen? Uh, is there things that we are going to keep um, and, and maybe from a beneficial standpoint? Or do you think do you think there's some things that you've uh, maybe a little worrisome that might hang around uh, in some of the changes we've seen? One of the changes that I'm very much looking forward to is last time we spoke, we touched on the negative stigma surrounding gaming, especially since the World Health Organization had released that um, gaming addiction. But as soon as COVID started, they released a new statement saying gaming is a phenomenal way to stay social and interactive with your community during these times. So having the previous announcement be something that really did tie down and confuse a lot of people on their feelings for gaming, I think being able to use gaming in a positive light, which we had been doing all along, but now that it's seeing more of the mainstream light, I'm really hoping that the positivity sticks through. I've seen it especially on the collegiate audience. Now that traditional sports have been cancelled, post-secondary institutes are like, okay, what do we do for spring-summer semester? So they've started running their own esports tournaments, and it's been <laughs> phenomenal. Some have been hooking up with their club ecosystem to do PC competitive, which we're kind of used to. But some varsity associations are taking it upon themselves to run sports titles, which they're a little bit more familiar with, but quite a few have been transitioning to, okay, esports is something we can do. Let's let's give it a shot. Wow. So all of a sudden, the the world that was not as heavily populated as it, as uh, we thought it might be getting, or hope, hopefully it was going to get, all of a sudden just populated very quickly. I'm very excited to see that there are so many eyeballs in a positive light on gaming, and I'm really hoping that a lot of these changes stick around. I'm hoping post-secondary institutes, instead of just canning the esports once everyone goes back to school, they see the value and keep on with it and continue trying to grow it within their community. Have you guys, have you yourself or anyone over at Durham had other institutions or, you know, other uh, faculty, people that were taking these steps forward, reach out to you for a little bit of advice or guidance? Very much so. It seems the Durham College name has made its way around Ontario when it comes to the esports hub because we have our arena, our varsity program, the academic programming as well. So we have had quite a few schools reach out and it's been amazing not only for us to be able to help encourage them to build esports programming, but we also know that some of them already have an esports club and students that are very well versed in these things and we're able to kind of click the two together so that it's helping the club support as well. Awesome. I 
this is the problem when we have good guesses. You've almost answered all the questions I had already. In fact, you nearly nailed one right line for line from what I was going to ask, which was the uh, the World Health Organization. But you did touch on the... Um, hold on, hold on. You didn't send the questions ahead? Because it felt no, like I didn't. you just Not totally nailed the question. Like, you <laughs> answered it in the written way he has it put out regarding... Yeah, I literally have like the fourth question down. What are your thoughts on the World Health Organization going from recognizing gaming addiction as a real issue to now suggesting people stay home and play games. So that's, yeah, right on. <laughs> so that, now I'm just awesome. totally lost. That's okay. Uh, you touched on that a little bit, but uh, with the self-isolation and the quarantining and with the pandemic, do you, do you think that it's, do you think it's helping accelerate that push of esports and gaming more into the mainstream? We're seeing things like um, iRacing kind of replacing NASCAR racing on TV. Uh, NBA players are playing NBA 2K on TV. The Twitch numbers are up. It, it seems like gaming overall is becoming more in front of eyeballs now. Is it, like, do you see it? Do you think it's helping speed things up? Like where maybe before it might have been a few years before we were at a certain level. Do you think this is going to push it uh, faster? I think very much so. Whenever anything's in the mainstream media, it helps to get more eyeballs on it, more people start to understand that it's more than just playing video games. It's not that negative stigma of what it used to be. I think a lot more people are also starting to give it a chance, which is huge, because a lot of the time people just don't want to touch something they're not familiar with. But if you can try it, you'll realize that there's really something in it for everybody. It's a great way to connect with your kids if you're looking for ways to spend family time together indoors. Mario Kart is amazing for that. New video games are also starting to release themselves as well as new updates for games, realizing that so many people are staying indoors. Platforms like... Um, Discord, which is a massive for the gaming community, is starting to release ways where you can add more people to your video calls to make it easier for families that are far apart. And it just goes to show that the gaming community is really putting our best foot forward to try and help everyone through these times. I know, like, specifically with the iRacing, I know a couple of people that had no real interest in gaming at all. And now all of a sudden they're asking me, oh, what kind of steering wheel should I get? I'm going to look at this iRacing thing because they were into NASCAR and that sort of thing. And now that they're seeing their favorite drivers doing it. And the fact that on the TV broadcast, I don't know if you've seen any of it, they show the setup some of them have. And some of them just have a laptop and a steering wheel. Some of them have a full rig. So it's kind of giving them the idea that you don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. You could have, you know, your existing computer with just a, a wheel or whatever. So I think definitely from that point of view, I'm seeing a lot more uh, people who wouldn't have had that interest. My boss was one of the people, and I would never have thought uh, he would have any interest in that kind of thing. And now he's asking about it. So it's it's really interesting, the, uh, the, the, uh, the exposure of it. And we talked about this a little bit last time, getting it on TV. I mean, for the younger generation, things like Twitch and YouTube, obviously, are the main channels to see a lot of this. But, you know, certainly for those who aren't, into esports or gaming that much television still to see it on tv i think gives it that uh, legitimacy i think being able to see someone play video games destroys what you thought a gamer looked like because mm -hmm. we've had things like south park try to showcase what they think a gamer looks like which for a lot of us is way off the bat so it's nice to be able to see celebrities people that they already looked up to and thought potentially we're very, very cool with certain aspects, trying to copy their daily lives. Seeing them play video games, you're like, 
oh, well, you're not what I thought gaming was like. So now maybe I feel a little bit more comfortable to try something. Yeah, you got that with the athletes as well, right? Like the NHL is doing the tournaments where the the players are playing other players and celebrities and so on, and is really opened it up to the uh, the fan base that you celebrate hockey, but here's another thing you're celebrating, which is gaming. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned before how having the eyeballs has really exploded the space. NHL tournaments where pro NHL players played have happened for the past three years and nobody paid it any attention. And now that real hockey's gone and this is something that's being pushed out in its place, people are starting to be a lot more accepting, starting to realize that people who play professional sports might also like to play that same sport in a video atmosphere. I've seen celebrities doing it too. I see a lot on Instagram and Twitter and that showing themselves playing, you know, various games. Uh, the uh, what the hell is it called? The uh, Modern Warfare Warzone seems to be one that I've seen a lot of celebrities playing. And then the one that we were going to talk about here would be Animal Crossing, which Adam knows nothing about except what he looked up today, <laughs> and he's saddened by it. Um, what can you tell us? And you know, for those who somehow are unaware of it at all, about this phenomenon that is Animal Crossing right now, just, you know, with the timing of it coming out when it did and, and how popular it is. Um, was it just was... lucky because of the timing, do you think? Or do you think there's, you know, I don't know, more to it? It's been a, a game release that we have known has been coming for a little while now. But I think that with some aspects, it was, and I'm going to say lucky, because game stores knew when it was dropping. So they tried their hardest to keep their doors open for as long as they could, knowing a stampede of gamers were going to be coming through their door trying to get this game, whether they pre-ordered it or now need to purchase it. So I know a lot of games, uh, GameStop specifically, got in a little bit of government trouble for trying to keep their doors open as long as they did. But it's something that now that gamers have it, it's been so incredibly helpful for staying indoors. And it's a type of game that almost anybody can play. It is a Nintendo Switch game, so it's already very accessible to the younger audience. They love the portability of it. It's something that you can play with your friends, somewhere you can show off, show and tell with your friends. You can do your own thing in-game. You can go to your friend's house in-game to see what they're doing. So instead of... Um, if I was a 12-year-old, if I wanted to physically go to my friend's house right now, well, I can't, unfortunately. I'm, I'm a little bit out of luck there. But I can go visit her house in Animal Crossing, and she'll probably be in that Animal Crossing house, so then we can chat and spend time in a virtual environment. Oh, my God, it's happening, isn't it? Like, Wally, it's happening. <laughs> well, and I think the other thing that's nice is there isn't that um, skill barrier with with a game like this. You pretty much, as you said, anybody can get into it at different degrees of experience with video games. I know there's a lot of people um, from what I've heard that only have Animal Crossing on their Switch or got a Switch because of that. And in fact, I think the Switch supplies are running or were running low. I don't know if they still are. Um, and Switches are on sale privately for like over $500 just because of how, uh, how popular the, the game and, and the Switch overall uh, is right now. There was the special edition Animal Crossing Switch that was released, and I certainly wanted that. But by the time I saw the announcement, you know, it was hours later, I go to check the website and it's already sold out. It's so popular. 
but I'm, there's nothing different between that and a normal Switch other than it's got some Animal Crossing decals on it. But it's certainly a game that even in the online community, if you're a part of any group chat rooms, you can share your friend codes and you can post it on social media to get people to come check out your space. There's been an online concert via Animal Crossing, similar to how they do the online concerts through Fortnite. So it's a great way for the community to come together and explore all of these different styles of gameplay. And it's very much a, a build-your-own-adventure. You can do whatever you personally want to do. Okay, so this leads me to another little comment that someone asked me about how the stress and anxiety is treating people of different ages, right? So, you know, I think our generation... And I mean, okay, our generation's after your generation, but our generation is uh, not too bad with this. Like, I think we're pretty comfortable being at home. Something Matt and I joke often is that not as much of our life changed as we thought it would. <laughs> so we're kind of waiting for the effects of isolation to hit us, and it hasn't. So that was kind of neat. Um, and I think if we go to your generation, right, and uh, even my kids as well, and the conversation with them, is this doesn't seem to be overly stressful. Have you found this time stressful? I found for gamers, same thing that you mentioned, not a lot has changed. But we already use gaming as potential coping mechanisms. This is mm. the way that we, if we've had a stressful day, we pop on a game, we're good to go. And I think because that we are already familiar with something that's inside the home to occupy our times is huge. People that rely very heavily on going outdoors are having a much harder time. I think a lot of maybe not so much elementary schoolers, because again, they can find that content with gaming in the home. More so with high schoolers, I find they're so heavily reliant on outside social interactions. That was the thing back in high school. You go to the mall to spend time with your friends. You go get a coffee from Timmy's. So for them not to have that social interaction, now they have to find other ways of dealing with that. A lot yeah. of them have turned to social media. TikTok has been blowing up and is huge. So I think that there are certainly a lot of ways to deal with this current situation. But I would say... 75% of them are in the virtual world. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, it, and it's so accessible. It's it's not foreign. It's They're already somewhat there. In, in many cases, it's not that they weren't there. Um, they just weren't letting it occupy the majority of their time. As you said, the teen, as teenagers and high schoolers were spending a little more time in the real world. But for them to retreat back, it wasn't really as stressful as maybe we everyone thought it was going to be. I think the stressfulness has been on people, you know, um, the generations beyond us are the ones that are trying to cope and adapt. And a lot of those folks, um, like our parents, for example, a lot of them still were keeping up habits that we're all looking around going, look, the whole idea is we're supposed to stop these habits and make this stuff go away. And they kind of go, well, what else am I going to do? Well, no, you're supposed to be home, so this doesn't last as long. So yeah, they don't have, they don't know how to use those outlets, I think, as well as maybe you know the younger generations do like I can't imagine if this had happened in like the seventies, the early eighties. Like I don't, I don't know. I can't even. I can't. Like there are so many. I mean, I mean, I think the the idea basically and why gaming is uh, so good in this situation is it gets our mind off of what's going on. It, it focuses on something else and something like Animal Crossing, where you can put in hours and hours of, you know, building and tweaking and, and adjusting. It, it's a time dump, but it also 
just sets your mind at ease because you're focused on one task. You're not thinking about the news. You're not thinking about what's going on around you. And I, I think for the for our parents and you know grandparents and that who their day was made up of watching TV and then you know maybe you know going out visiting friends, uh, shopping. You know, so much of it, which is either bad news or things they can't do. So I think we're lucky in that sense. I'm, I guess lucky's not, well, yeah, I guess it's the right word, but it's, you know, lucky in quotation marks uh, that we have at least ways of of burning through that time and to get the, the stress and anxiety out of our system, at least for a short while while we play some of these games. I, I also think that this might be helping in planking some of this curve piece because with the younger generation, you know, basically everyone, I would say the age of 35 and under, uh, willing to play in the uh, gaming space or their kids are in the gaming space. It takes that stress off of trying to provide things to fill time. And the idea of staying home for this prolonged period of time is not nearly as stressful as frustrating. Everyone's a little more patient with the things. And it's allowing this opportunity for us to do what we need to do for this type of crazy pandemic to, to move along. I think if we didn't have these outlets, if we didn't have this as a way of life that we're somewhat used to, we might be in a lot longer of a conversation without the comforts that we have right now inside of our homes. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely see that a lot of people have been turning to it with the load and demand that are being put on all of the servers. We're seeing things like Netflix go down, Uber Eats has been going down, um, Blizzard's servers have been extremely laggy. And even just small things, like if a game has an in-game auction house, all the fluctuations of pricing is super cheap because now everyone's playing the game and everyone's selling these items. So I'm like, no, my in-game economy. But <laughs> you can see the effects of all of these people finally jumping into these games and trying them, whereas before they might not have had either the interest or enough time. Mm. Well, and like with my background and work i'm seeing a lot of the internet side of things and i can definitely vouch for the amount of traffic uh is significantly more obviously during this at least 50 percent more than the norm at this time of year and services like netflix are basically dropping the quality of videos a percentage youtube's dropping quality of videos just to try to ease up some of that bandwidth but yeah i mean and even through my work, too, we're getting a lot of calls where people are like, well, my Internet's low. And you look, it's because they've got 10 different devices on the Internet at once now that they normally wouldn't because their kids would be at school or they'd be at work or, you know, they're working from home now. And that's obviously going to use a lot of uh, bandwidth as well if they're doing Zoom meetings or Skype or what have you. So it's definitely it's different. Um, we, we touched on we, well, Adam mentioned it earlier, um, how things will change and what will go back and what won't. And and Sarah, you mentioned some of the, the things that I so far have enjoyed is this aspect of um, celebrities and, and pop culture kind of coming to you. So we're seeing a lot of, um, a lot of Q and A's, a lot of uh, concerts, uh, I guess, if you will, uh, fundraisers, things like that, that are brought directly to you through YouTube and, and through streaming. Um, well, the one that you mentioned, uh, there was a, I know nothing about it. It's certainly not my demographic, uh, probably way too old. But there was a, a, a full-blown, from what I saw in the video, a full-blown concert in Fortnite in the last week or so, maybe? Is there, what can you tell us about that? Because I'm out of the loop on that. 
It's something that Fortnite had actually done before quarantine, before the first ever Fortnite concert was featuring Marshmallow. And that was, oh goodness, that would have been before, I think, Fortnite 2 exploded and all the kids freaked out because they didn't know what was going on. But basically, they have a custom map set up where Marshmallow can, or it was Marshmallow the first time, has a, a DJ set, they'll spawn a bunch of items you can interact with, all the players will hop into the servers and do their little in-game dance moves. So it's hitting not only the demographic of players who already enjoy Fortnite, but it's also hitting the people who are watching this on stream and people who made Fortnite accounts just because they like this artist. There's quite a few people my age that don't typically play Fortnite. Good friends of mine were like, hey, are you coming to this concert? And I was like, what concert? We can't go to concerts right now. And they're like, no, it's in Fortnite. And I was like, they're doing another one? Great timing. And I've seen a couple games take the same strategy. There was the, the League of Legends finals, the LCS. They typically have a massive after party. So instead, they had two guys in a green room playing their set for all of Twitch to watch. So something that you couldn't have attended because it was a ticketed or gated event, but very highly regarded, now everybody had access to. So there's been a lot of positivity coming out of these times and i think that kind of stuff is cool I, my concern is that if it carries on too much longer i think they're gonna try to start to charge or you know put restrictions on it. right now everything's essentially free uh to to get into this i just worry that um you know that'll they'll, they'll, they're gonna look and say well why are we giving this stuff away and th that'll be the new thing to make money but i did see well, like I um yeah go i was just gonna say well look at the tro trolls worldwide movie release that just went had, went down, right? Yeah. Well, so <clears throat> that no, but listen. Aside from the aside from the movie, whatever the thoughts are, here's Universal releasing something that's a pay video on demand. So it was an opportunity, just like a ticket sale. And the idea, right, is so it does. They they don't miss their release date. They cut the theaters out of the equation, and of course the theaters are freaking out, saying, "We'll ban your movies." Yeah. The so problem is, the, hold on, let me finish, because I think the problem here is that this might last long enough that people might be accustomed to liking that just as much as they like the theaters. This could be kind of damaging to the in-person theater environment, right? So I think some of these things, although they're advantageous, there could be some lasting effects when you start shaping a new level of things that of comfort uh, and accessibility to it. People don't want to lose that once they get it. I, I think what's going to happen with movies, and it, the writing was kind of already on the wall, this has probably just accelerated it, is I think the theater will become an option so you could watch it at home or you could go to the theater and see it and you know get that benefit of going as a group the big screen the sound that kind of thing but i, I think at some point i don't know if we're there yet um i think that's what's going to happen but i this ridiculousness with amc saying they're going to not show any universal studios movies you're going to tell me they're going to not show james bond jurassic park uh, Regal fast nine Regal jumped in on it too, by the way. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. I guarantee you it won't happen. They're not going to turn away that kind of money. That's insane. Fast, fast nine. I mean, you know. <laughs> we'll be there. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, how much? We won't even. Why does this always happen? <laughs> because All I right. make a point of it. Here's the deal. If we're in quarantine in June, the kids and I have agreed to watch Fast and the Furious all the Why way through. June? Uh, we figured by then we'll go through all other quality things we could watch. 
uh, yeah, because in my mind, I'm like, doesn't it come out in May? <laughs> oh, but so, we'll start, we'll start listen, leading up to it. Because we I'm need to telling you, yeah. just watch. You don't even need to watch the first one. You can watch the first one, but if you watch from five on, I'm telling you that 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 idea that you have about these movies is not what these movies are now. They're the, superhero the, movies. The they deal are. It. Deal is, I'm going to pull my kids in on this. We're going to watch them all comprehensively from the first one to the last one. And then we will Please collectively... Please don't judge on the second one. No, we're going to collectively draw a conclusion together, right? The same way we did Rambo. We watched Rambo 1, Rambo 2, skipped 3 and 4, went to 5. And, uh, you know, my daughter said to me, my favorite line, Sarah, was she commented, wow, I watched him go from 20 to 70 and I still can't understand them. She's going to have the same problem with Vin Diesel. <laughs> I know. But, you know, as a note, I commented to Matt this week that I started, we started watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order. So we looked up the chronological order and we're watching it based that way, which has like Captain Marvel as the second film. It's amazing. It's almost like they secretly connected these things chronologically and why they released them differently. I'll never understand. Because watching them chronologically, you literally end one movie and start the next one. It totally makes sense. It's the way it starts. It's like just one continuation. So that's been something interesting to fill some time. That's a lot of movies to watch. Is there, what are you doing to fill your time while working from home? Is it predominantly gaming or is there anything else you're using to fill your time? Besides work, obviously. Yeah. Besides, Besides work. working from home. Yeah. Um, I have been doing a lot of gaming. I started to pick up World of Warcraft, which is life-consuming. I put it off for as long as I possibly could. I got talked into it, and I'm on my first or second month. And now the game release that I'm most excited for is going to be Shadowlands Update 2020, which is a World of Warcraft update dropping before end of the year. And now I'm, I'm stuck. I'm sucked in. I can't let it go. I'm what I like to call, or what everyone calls, an achievement hunter. So growing up with Xbox, gaining all of the achievements was the best thing. There was the YouTube channel, Achievement Hunter. And with a game like World of Warcraft, where there's over 20,000 achievements, how do, you, how do you do it all? But I'm so committed to it, and I just, I can't accept that I'm not going to be able to do it all. Listen, I, I, played, I played World of Warcraft very early on, went through the first couple expansions, and I actually sold my character so I could stop playing, because it was the only way to stop. And I was able to actually make money back from that and probably cover some of the expenses of a monthly membership. And that's going back a long way. Um, so I understand the, uh, the process and the, uh, the fear of even cracking it open right now because I know I would just get sucked in. It'd be so they've bad. they've been very good with COVID. They've been releasing 100% EXP bonuses. So if you are stuck at home and you want to start playing World of Warcraft or start a new character... There's been a bonus 100% EXP for over a month now. It was set to end, and they were like, well, everyone's still at home. Let's extend it. Oh, man. That's not good. But, I mean, Blizzard hasn't... Oh, hold on. I should rewind that sentence before I finish it. I was going to say Blizzard hasn't really made any bad games, but I will say most of their games, <laughs> once they've fixed them, yeah. have uh, have been quite good. I mean, obviously, like, I'm... I, my go-to still is Diablo 3. I go back to that game all the time. I've got it on two different systems, I think. Um, and it's... It, well, we, me and you played... Uh, Adam played Warcraft uh, for, for forever. Warcraft 2. Uh, Warcraft 3. Well, the original Warcraft a little bit as well. Yep. Uh, all the Diablos. Looking forward to Diablo 4. So 
I, I get that. I I've never started World of Warcraft because I don't want to expose myself to that because I don't know what'll happen. I you might, don't call, you, you just don't come back. Yeah, I might disappear. Yeah. It's so well done. So well done. And then there's game publishers like Riot that just released Valorant, and they had an amazing ploy. If you wanted access to the beta of Valorant, you had to watch Twitch streams where they were playing Valorant. And if you were lucky, you would get a Twitch drop and you'd get a beta code to play the game. And it's been very interesting, as always, whenever there's a new game entering the esports ecosystem, you see it pull players and professionals from other game titles, and you watch how that shifts the old game they played and how it takes effects on the new game that's coming out and everyone just kind of watches to see if it's going to stay relevant or if it's going to die out yeah i think i heard there was a i can't remember the name but there was some uh there was a big overwatch player i think recently jumped ship and went over to uh valorant now is it going to be like league of legends where the money that they make is going to be mostly like uh, cosmetics and and in-game purchases because obviously the game is going to be free i presume when it is released proper i believe it's going to be free and i think they will keep the same cosmetic style valorant is basically if you wanted to smush overwatch and counter-strike together and within both of those games although overwatch you do pay i think 60 dollars to buy the game they both have in-game purchase cosmetic items so I think because that's already the system they have set up with League of Legends as well as their, I call it a mini game within League of Legends, Teamfight Tactics, I think they'll stick to the same style that they have done. I find players are usually one or the other. They like to buy a game and get everything inclusive, or they like the free-to-play with microtransactions. It's very rare that I find someone that agrees with both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I end up playing the free-to-play games, but I don't end up buying anything, so I'm probably their worst, uh, you know, player. But I I see the benefit because I also have games that I've paid full price for and I've not even played. So, you know, you pay for what you want to actually get out of the game. Uh, What are you playing, Adam? You playing anything right now? Literally just playing Battlefield Five with my kids. That's kind of just been having fun with that. The first uh, real... I think foray for them into a first-person shooter. It was kind of fun watching my now twelve because she's twelve today, eleven years old. Happy birthday! Happy yeah, birthday! Sure. She went from novice to basically schooling me every time I picked the controller up, and I now just kind of watch her play, and I find the fun in that because she does things I can't see happen on the screen, and I feel sometimes feel even motion sickness watching her play. But then again, it's amazing. So that's kind of the, that we've been playing. But it's funny you brought up League of Legends because it's actually on my short list of I need to start digging into some stuff. And that was actually really high on my, my list because when we visited your the eSport arena, I saw League of Legends playing. And I'm slow to get back into things and catch up. And that's uh, that's on the tip of the horizon, I think, right now. I really wanted to go look up some old PC-based games just to have some fun from a nostalgia standpoint and try to expose my kids to that because they, you know, they, they're going to be up with anything current and, and playing that way. But... I kind of want them to see the fundamentals of where some of the stuff came from. I think your kids are going to have the same problem with old games that they have with old movies, but that's just me. I don't know. Uh, what, having them watch The Matrix was pretty uh, fun and depressing at the same time. So, <laughs> The future. Um, a lot of those old games you can get, like Steam has a lot of um, reissued uh, releases from, from older games. Um, there's another site, I think it's GOG.com great great old games and all they do is uh they re-release older games 
with patches to work for like Windows 10 and, and modern systems. So they're definitely out there for sure. Cool beans. All right. I, I, I think we've covered. I mean, to be honest, Sarah answered nine of my questions in the first question. So Sarah, uh, do you do you have some something else? Yes. I was going to say, what do you miss most right now that's changed for you? I really do miss talking to all of the students all the time. It's weird, but I've always been very focused around the collegiate ecosystem. I wanted to be, well, both a secretary and a teacher when I was younger. So I really like the idea of being surrounded with students who are eagerly pursuing their career in it to learn. But what I liked about dealing with them in the esports arena is it was a physical space where they could practice their skills. So they'd come in ambitious to get better at the game they wanted to play, or they'd come in and try to learn how to use the broadcast booth. I still get to interact with them over the Discord, but there's quite a few of them that I've noticed that with everything going on, they don't interact with the community the same way that they used to. And it's a little bit worrisome. The study from home has taken a large toll on not only workers, but students who might be worried that, how do I graduate now? If I don't graduate, this could affect my professional development plan I've got set out for myself. So that's the biggest thing that's changed. I used to have so much, um, what's the right word? I knew they were going to do well at school because there were so many supports for them. They had this great community holding them up. But I'm scared that some of them might have drawn into themselves because a lot of gamers are introverted. Yeah, the, the, it seemed like to me that the work that you're doing and the, the, the e-game arena, the eSport arena there at Durham, and a lot of the functionality to it was really helping set an environment to limit that introvert nature for that for the for gamers and it was a chance for them to collaborate together and be almost extroverted in what they do and that's a great way of looking at it so i, I was i was curious if that was going to be i thought that would be your answer but um yeah and that is a part that i feel a little bit when matt talked about having you come back on the show is i was thinking to myself yeah that that's probably going to be the big hit is that the opportunity for the interaction is was there and to to champion outwardly the things that you know make them tick and that they're really happy to, to do. But mm -hmm. fingers are crossed. There was some good announcements this week and, la and uh, information last week. So if we all just keep doing what we're being asked to do and follow the stages, I think we might see a little bit of the new normal start to rear its head for us all. So that's a positive note. Hopefully everything's back to normal before Fast 9. Because <laughs> we're going to go see it, right, guys? Uh, two, right. Two, people, two people need to go. So, I mean... Well, look, I, I, I'm going to give kudos to Sarah because we, we you talked about League of Legends there and we talked about how, you know, she enjoys helping people at the esports arena. I will say I am whatever the level below amateur uh, with League of Legends and Sarah is very helpful. Uh, so if you do get into League of Legends, I suggest uh, we have a game Sarah can help and because she saved my ass in that game many times. And somehow didn't make fun of me at all, even though the rest of uh, the entire team did. So I will, uh, I will say she's very supportive in that way. For well, sure. can, can I join just to make fun of you? I mean, I'll be worse, but I'll somehow, <laughs> somehow, somehow school you on this, or just on the basically making fun of you. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. No, I, don't uh, know. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> bad. Do you have anything? Um, I mean. Obviously, things are, are different right now, but is there anything that uh, you want to have people go to or promote anything right now, Sarah? We have been running daily online events within the esports arena. It's 
primarily targeted towards students, but we do open them up to the community because we understand that it's a great way to come out, meet some new people, have some fun, try some games that you maybe not have tried before. We do it in a more casual style environment so that if you're nervous about playing against high-level players, it's just a community night. It's meant for everyone to play learn a new game, not make fun of each other in League of Legends. It's just a great way to spend some time with everybody. See, and here I was going to say that would be perfect for Adam, but I don't know. I think he's... Uh, There's an element there that might be missing. too much venom. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I thrive off of trash talking both ways. I reciprocate. I take it well. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of that at home. We got uh, Mario Kart for the Switch, and it's uh, it's been a real test. I don't know. I don't know how people live together and play Mario Kart. It's it's bad news. <laughs> Very hostile environment. Just don't pull out the Mario Party. Oh, no, 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 no. Never, never, never again. <laughs> I got shivers from that one. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much for coming back on. You're now our resident game expert and esports expert. Thank you for our, having me. Our resident young person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It, it, I work in the arena. They all call me Boomer because I'm <laughs> older than all the students are. And I'm like, wow, I'm not even quarter century yet. This is <laughs> accelerating quickly. Yeah, it, it, it happens. That's exactly how it happens. <laughs> I woke up the other day and my eyebrow was all white. So I'm already having a bit of a panic attack. So yeah, if you're a boomer, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. You got anything else to uh, add in, Adam? Or uh... no, I'm good. Good. I'm good. I'm good. Come on, self isolation. Get us past Fast Nine so we can all carry on cheerfully. I'm gonna like tie you up in a chair and make you watch it. I'm gonna clip your eyes open. Listen, no. listen, you know, if I go to a movie with you that is not going to be a good movie, you know I have no problem ruining it for you. So watch what you ask for. Just won't invite you. Yeah, it's all right. Being a good friend, let you go alone, right? Sarah will go. You're good. Oh, we've already got a group that's ready to go. <laughs> right. There's more than two people. I'm kidding. Jesus. All right. Well, uh, I think that's enough of that. And again, <laughs> we've ended on trash talking Fast and the Furious. Uh, so Mission accomplished. Yeah. Uh, so be sure to check out. Uh, so the the gaming stuff is all on the uh, Durham College website, I presume. It's Maybe? on our social media, and it all takes place within our Discord server. The invite for the Discord server is just Durham Esports. So if you go to discord.gg/durham esports, it'll pop you into our little community. We'll see you drop in. We'll say hi. We'll throw a bunch of information at you, and you're good to go. Perfect. You got all that, Adam? Yeah, a hundred percent. You wrote it down. Yeah. I will uh, <clears throat> put it somewhere. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks a lot. Be safe. And this journey, hopefully, is almost over. Yeah. I'll see you guys on the other side. Yeah. Next time, we'll be back in person again. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>